Welcome back to the Damn Your Tall podcast. I am one of your hosts, Felicia, aka Fifi J, along with Graham, aka Sir Reads a Lot. This is like the fifth time we've tried to start this. We've had some technical issues, but we're back. I think we've had a te- have technical issues on every single podcast. Just this is the first time we're going to complain about it. And we've stepped up our podcast game by our new podcast art. That's true. What you are looking at on your lovely screen is our new podcast art, along with our Twitter, DYT Pod, hashtag plug. <laughs> so we got some new art, and we also got some little avatar, little art. So one that looks like Graham. I think I posted them on my Instagram and Twitter. So if you want to follow me on there, you can see them. But yes, we've upgraded. Finally got a little bit of nice, colorful art besides just like a picture of us. So we're moving up in the world of podcasting. We actually got art. <laughs> what's so funny <sighs> what is so funny <laughs> nothing oh my god so i got a few topics here before we get into some of the other stuff um first off my mom sent me a happy birthday message and if you know my mom love her to death but she is not the most technologically savvy person and she just learned how to text like a few years ago and she's she's getting better at it. And she sent me an attachment. I don't think I've ever seen her send me an attachment before. So it kind of threw me off. Like, and this picture was kind of old too. <laughs> like, I don't know where she dug it up from. Maybe it was like already on there, but it's like an old picture. We're all like the same-ish age, maybe like four years ago or something like that. But she found that picture and I was like, my mom sent me an attachment. Like, Graham, you, you saw my face. I was like, what? You couldn't believe it. It was it was completely beyond your comprehension that she'd be capable of doing such a thing. Yeah, it was weird. <laughs> so I was just like, oh, my mom sent me an attachment and a text message. Wow. But she still can't do, like, internet stuff yet. I'm, I'm slowly teaching her, you know, boomers. Gotta, gotta teach them slow, but working on it. She's, get, she's getting better. So that was the first thing. So second thing, um... This actually happened today. I haven't told even Graham this, but I wanted to do like a new cool segment called Tale, Tall Tales. See if I would have a cool transition right there into the next story, but I'm getting that soundboard, y'all, so don't worry about it. Anyway, so this segment I like to call Tall Tales, and it's just stories about us walking around being tall, which I think is on brand for this podcast. We barely talk about us being like super tall. So... <clears throat> start the story off first of all if you don't know i'm 6'1 gram 6'4 and we're above average height for people i'm above average height for women grams above average height for men and i went to go get an oil change today everything went by smoothly and i was like oh i need a cabin air filter so i went to i'm not gonna say the name of the store because i'm not giving free list this they want to pay us um, went in the store, guy was on the phone and I was just waiting, you know, to get my stuff. And I come up, tell him what I need. He goes, you're really tall. And I was like, oh no, not this. I was like, yep. Yeah. Cause I basically, I told him that my car, my terrain. And then I told him your car. And he's like, do you even fit in a Honda Civic? I was like, it's actually my husband's car and he's six, four. He's like, man, <laughs> like his face. It was hilarious. It's, it's, uh, it's rough. It is rough to ride in that thing, but it was all I could really get in Hawaii. So, yeah, like when you first got it, I thought it was like a nice size car and everything. 
But now, like, being in my car, like, ours has, the terrain has so much more legroom for us. It, like, getting into your car, because it sits so much lower, too. And I'm like, oh, my God, my knees, my back. But anyway, and then he proceeds to ask me, like, what's it like being tall? I was like, oh, I, I, I didn't come in here for this. I just came to get my cabin air filters and leave. I was like, and it has its advantages and disadvantages. I mean, this guy, he, he was a little short, but see, that's the problem. Like, people don't understand. Like, people come to you, look at you like, oh, you're like super tall or something like that. You can't go up to somebody and be like, oh, you're really short. Because that's mean. Like, you can't do that. Like, I don't know. Have you ever experienced, like, somebody coming up to you? I'm pretty sure you have, but, like, you can't be like, oh, yeah, you're really short. There's been times that I've wanted to say that because it's, for one thing, it's just, it's a stupid thing to talk about. Okay, I'm tall, you're not tall. Uh, sky's blue, like, all right, this is, these are just basic facts of reality. Why do we need to discuss them? And I don't even really think I'm, like, super tall. Like, there's women out there taller than me. Well, see, your your perspective's a little skewed because you were so heavily involved with basketball, so you're used to being around taller women. You are definitely an outlier for women. I guess, but uh, it's just like, and then he said, like, oh, I bet you can see over the refrigerator. I was like, who asked that? <laughs> I was like, who's asking if you can see over a refrigerator? I mean, I can, but, like, this guy had to be, like, 5'5". Five, five. Like, mm-hmm. I was looking down on it. Like, but I almost said, I was trying to be, like, a smart ass. I'm like, yeah, you're really short. He probably would have found that rude. I don't know. Some people might have laughed. Well, I mean, it is kind of rude because uh, being tall is generally a positive. Being short is generally a negative. Unless you're doing stuff like crawling through Vietnamese tunnels with a flashlight and a Colt 45 or cramming into a ball turret on a B-17 or maybe being a plumber. Like, I can't think of very many situations where being short is good. Gymnastics, weightlifting, race car driver. See, this is why we're a team. Any type of sport that you need to be like light and short jockey. Oh my, I was about to say, you're going through all this and I'm like, what? What? there's a, a plethora of things. It's a benefit to be shorter in. But anyway, yeah, that was just my tall tale for this episode. I, I thought it was funny. I have another one. But I'm going to say it for another podcast because that one is hilarious. <laughs> so yeah, that, that was my tall story. Oh, on to some of the main stuff we got. Bonnet watch. Oh, no. This was a weird one. I was in Meyer, and the woman had a very large bonnet, but she hadn't put her hair up at all. So she basically had her hair out normal and then just kind of a bonnet on the top of her head. I didn't really see what the point was, but that's your bonnet watch update. Maybe she didn't have her top of her head done. You don't know what she had under there. She probably could have put a wig on or something. Okay. I'm just saying it, it looked weird. You hating on people's bonnets, Grant? No. I mean, the read was uh, unkind to people making fun of bonnet people. Yeah, you want to hate on the read? They'll come for you. They'll read you. You want them to read you? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm an interesting person. I'll probably make for an interesting story. No, but their their point was it was kind of like it was a um, who was it? What was the comedian who was insulting it? Oh, Monique came on something. Right. Yeah, Monique came like on. It. You know, dress up and go to the airport. Be proud of yourself. I was like, nobody's dressing up to go to the airport. You barely lucky people brush their teeth and wipe their face. <laughs> yeah. And their point kind of was like, well, it's it's for other people. And I mean, that's kind of true for any sort of dressing up. 
you know, generally you don't dress up for yourself. You dress up to make an impression or look good. Really? Like, I I have to go to a wedding. Like, by the time this comes out, but I'm surprising my friend Kelsey, and I have to, like, wear dress clothes, and I can't remember. I think the last time I wore dress clothes, oh, no, for the Hall of Fame thing. I was about to say for our wedding. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, the last time I wore dress clothes. You are not a big fan of dress clothes, to say I'm the least. anti-hard pants. Hard pants? What? <laughs> are a, you what? Are your pants made out of sheets of wood? What the hell? It was on uh, the Best Friends podcast. They were talking about dressing up kids, and the lady wrote in and was talking about like her kid like wear like soft like sweatpants and leggings. She's like, he's anti hard pants. And I was like, I like that. I'm anti hard pants. I'm gonna view hard pants from now on as four in a diamond shape, one by eights. Um, held together with straps that's my image of hard pants from now on oh my god but yeah like i the last time i dressed up was like a year ago and that's because i had to trust me i i hate wearing dress clothes like that is not me i'm usually like in the summertime like i'm wearing shorts t-shirt and if i'm training i'm wearing like my cutoff tights and a (laughs) t-shirt like that's that's my daily clothes or like in the winter time i'm wearing like sweatpants like I don't, I don't really care what people say or leggings, cause it's cold, so I have to wear longer leggings. Like anti hard pants. Hashtag anti hard pants. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's. I'm like, ugh, I gotta dress up for like I don't know how long this is gonna take, but <laughs> hopefully it's gonna be fun. And it's not you have to go to your friend's wedding. You want to go to your. Oh no, not the wedding part. I'm not like hating on like. I really want to go. I haven't seen these guys in since like four or five years. You're looking forward to it. You and Thomas are going to go up there together and you're going to have a grand, you know, you're going to have a good time. Yeah. I'm not dealing with like, you know, road trip. We used to go up there all the time for like, um, we call them our Chicago, Chicago friends. That's where we usually go for, well, used to go in college for New Year's. We'd stay up there, spend the night and stuff. So I'm not hating on like, you know, the way it's just like the dressing up part. Cause I'm like, it's hot. And dress clothes are so uncomfortable. So I might bring, like, an extra pair of clothes just in case, like, we might do something after. Like, I don't know how long we're going to be up there. So, no, but I am excited about the wedding. So hopefully, if she's listening to this, I'm not hating on the wedding. Because I am, like, coming up there as a surprise. I wasn't even invited. I'm, like, a plus one. So I'm, I'm, I'm like, the surprise. <laughs> yeah, you're, and you're really entranced in, in by that um, being a surprise thing, which I, is fine. I hope so. No, I hope no one said anything because that's going to be hilarious. <laughs> Because I haven't seen everybody in such a long time, but ah, anti-hard pants. I'm getting that trending hashtag anti-hard pants. <laughs> you have anything else to talk about before we get into like the bulk of stuff here? But the one thing I want to talk about, you want to talk about as well, which is I have it down as Felicia and bad rappers because you love bad rappers. <laughs> right now, your current... Um, attraction is All right, hold on here hold on here let's so we are on the same page so we're getting to the bulk of the podcast here now we went into a deep dive yesterday of two bad rappers i'll, I'll say usually i'll just watch bad rappers sometimes they're entertaining stitch is entertaining he's kind of gone off the rails now he's bald and just has a whole bunch of face tattoos it's not as fun i what i was going to look up what happened with his marijuana arrest before this, but I didn't have time. So, yeah, <laughs> he's this big, tough guy. I got taken out of the game because he was <laughs> parked in a handicapped spot with 
spot with some luxury card and he had a whole bunch of marijuana in it. It's just like, oh, oh yeah, you're so hard <laughs> selling marijuana in Florida. But so Stitches, we I found him like because he was like in a beef with somebody because he's from Florida and I think it was like the game. Yeah, like he, he wanted to fight the game or something. Yes, he wanted to he wanted to physically fight the game. And like the reason I found him was he had a song called "Brick in Your Face." That song is hilarious. <laughs> oh, I love it because the premise is, you know, he's like a big time drug dealer in Florida. Like, and he's like rapping about like, you know, rappers boast and all that stuff with like drugs and everything. But I'm like, dude, real rappers, once they're out of the game, they rap about it and they're like, okay, I'm moving on because I'm like, out of the game. Well, for one thing, your income, once you become a fairly successful rapper, your income is legal. It's and true. much more stable than if you're drug dealing. So it makes a lot of sense to stop. This is true. But Stitches was never a successful rapper. He had that hit. And in the video, he basically, for the bricks of cocaine, I'm pretty sure there's a comment that I love. At the bottom is like, he goes in the grocery store and the workers there like, oh man. It's the guy that buys all the flour. Because it's basically, they just throw in flour everywhere. Because it's not real cocaine. If it was, they'd be idiots. They're wasting their product. Mm-hmm. Well, then again, I mean, it might be cocaine after, after they cut it a couple dozen times. Who knows? Then it's basically flour. So that's one of the rappers that I enjoy torturing Graham with. I found another one. <clears throat> you ready for this? It's, uh, yes, I know who it is, but I'll let you announce it because it'll make audience. you happy. So, the new guy on the scene is Chet Hanks with an X. But the kicker is, it's Tom Hanks' son. That's right. Good old Tom Hanks. America's dad. That makes Chet America's brother, you realize. Rude boy, it's a white boy summer. No, nah, he calls himself the black sheep. We're about to explain. So yesterday, we went on like a deep dive for about an hour, I think trying to find like one of the women in this video because I had to show him, I think I showed this video to him a long time ago, White Boy Summer. Well, what it was is you showed me his newest one, Damn, and what drew my attention is there was there was a number of women who were probably strippers. Um, and there was one, and most of them were doing the common thing. You see strippers in rap videos where they really just seem to be irritated to be there. They're not performing their hearts out. Um, but there was one woman who was really into it, who was really being very active, being very, um, and really gave the impression of enjoying being in the performance. Um, and so we wound up having to, we're trying to figure out her name because I want to refer to who it was. <laughs> we paused the video and saw she was wearing a necklace that had her name on it. Yeah. So after that, I was like, okay, let me go on her Instagram. And we found her Instagram. And it's kind of what you would think. I'm not going to be like, oh, you know, uh, was it that back in the day they would call video vixens? I don't know if they still use that term now because, you know, progressive. Well, I mean, she's basically, she's, uh, what's her name again? I've oh, managed shoot. to forget. I wrote it down, I think. Um, but I mean, All right, she, go ahead. Continue it's, to talk it's, about it. It's sort of your standard quasi sex worker. It's a lot of twerking, a lot of uh, running around in skimpy clothes, nip slips, that kind of stuff. Melissa, amazing. Right. She's half Filipino, half black. Yes, and I have her Instagram up here. So she she had perf- um, 
she had been a, a dancer for the Chet Hanks thing. And then continuing the horrible rapper's path. But I'm not, I'm not done talking about Chet here real quick. Uh, I want to be done talking about Chet. <laughs> no, because he had a huge thing uh, in the beginning of the year. I think this was like back in April. So it's a little bit of old news, but I found his new music. Video. That's why I want to talk about it. And he had, of course, his, I'm guessing, I'll say summer hit smash for him, White Boy Summer. And he speaks in Patois and like a Caribbean Jamaican island accent. And people are like, what are you doing? Wraps himself in a Jamaican flag. Yes. Like, first of all, I remember at the Olympics, they said, do not do that. Do not wear the flag as a cape. (laughs) That's like the one thing I took from that because they were like, do not wrap the flag like a cape. People will get upset. Please don't do it. That's the American flag, though, and Americans have a weird relationship with their flag versus other countries. I don't know if Jamaicans care as much as Americans do about their flags. Yeah, but anyway, yeah, he had that, like, controversy of, like, people are like, isn't it a white boy summer all the time? But he was like, no, it's going to be like a Jack Harlow, John B., like, the white black guy or something like that, like an R&B type flow, like, I, I don't... I was just like, what, dude, you're rich. Stop. Your dad's Tom Hanks. Like, that's the only thing I can get. I was like, your dad is Tom Hanks. Like, what are you doing? Like, I understand he wants to go out here and show, like, I'm just Tom Hanks' son. Fine. Perfectly fine. I think, like, Will Smith's kids, they're kind of out there. Fine. They're doing their own thing. They're not following, like, a path or whatever. Do whatever you want. Jaden kind of is. He's continuing down the acting road his father laid out. Uh, Not really. He's doing, like, rap shit now. Well, his dad was also a rapper before he was. Uh, yeah, but he was kind of like the, ah, hip hop, I don't cuss words and all that yeah. stuff. Getting jiggy with it, like fun. And he's kind of like a, was a deadpan type, darker rapper. Mm-hmm. And people were making fun of him, but I guess he's actually gotten better. So, you know, do what you need to do. And then Willow is like a uh, singer like her mom, like in a rock band. Mm-hmm. Fine. Totally cool. But I'm like, dude, you're trying way too hard way too hard to be like oh my god (laughs) it's just hilarious because then he came out with merch that had white boy summer on it and it was like in this gothic type writing for like white supremacist type font (laughs) and people were like dude that's a little too bold and they're like that's that's a little too much he's like i hear you so we gonna come out with black queen summer merch or something like black queens in the same font i was like that's not no (laughs) That font is also used on street racers, though. So that kind of spiky gothic font is not exclusively white supremacist. Yeah. I mean, it's used often enough by white supremacists that it was a terrible move. Not going to deny that. But it's not like this is like some sort of style that's used exclusively by white supremacists. Okay, but I'm just... Coming after all the shit that's happened in the past, like, not only four years, it's still happening with everything. Like, come on, bro. Like... Read the room, pretty much. Like, read read the room. And by the room, you mean the country. <laughs> yes, that is what I mean. Like, your dad's basically, like, uh, like, I don't ever hear his dad, like, talk bad about So, I mean, he must support his son, which is what dads are supposed to do. But he's probably like, son, please. We also haven't done that much research. No, we What's going on between them. So, maybe he has said something. But, I mean, I'm, I mean, it's it, his rapping's terrible. But on another level... I really support it because he is attempting to make 
music. He's attempting to bring beauty into the world, which I believe is something that all humans should do at every opportunity. So it's terrible. It's bad. But at least the attempt is being made. Yes. And there are people out there that like it. So, I mean, there's music out there for everybody. So this ain't for me. I liked it. It's like a meme. That's pretty much why I like it. And I like watching the people in the background of these videos. Like this, the white boy summer and the damn video are basically like the same thing. Like, oh, I got all this money and all these like bitches around me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And his favorite move is definitely like putting his head on like somebody's ass and getting it knocked around. That's like his favorite move. Yeah, his videos are pretty much just your generic rap videos. You see dozens of, of you know, the rapper rapping his song that's been auto-tuned while strippers dance around and that's it like that <laughs> that's the entirety of the thing sometimes maybe there's an expensive car involved i don't think he uses auto-tune but in the white boy summer he was like yeah up in the west hey, coast i ain't even a crook but they want malibu C or somewhere C rich yeah, like bitch. not in the hood not in Compton. <laughs> you got out in there but <sighs> so we we watched those two videos and i just love in the background watching people because it is hilarious because sometimes you know like the one girl we'll talk to about her in a few minutes or we basically already talked about her megan or something what's her name Ma whatever <laughs> megan the stallion is no. not in this video <laughs> no <laughs> what is her name <laughs> i just had it good job felicia we did like a deep dive trying to find this woman and we watched her music video we'll touch on that in a second after this Melissa amazing that that she's like working hard in this video like she's twerking dancing hype as hell and I was like okay you know Graham's like that redhead is really getting into it I was like is that the same woman in the video that we paused it <laughs> and I was like okay this is as good a shot as I'm gonna get because they were like standing together and then that's when you found out she had the necklace with her name on it giant necklace with her name on it <laughs> Melissa May oh my god but yeah like Half the people in that music video, like, the, I'll say about, like, her and then, like, two other girls and then maybe, like, three guys that were kind of, like, bobbing their heads, you know, the girls were twerking. Then the rest of the people in the background, they're just like, um, are we going to cut soon? Is craft service here? Like, okay. And then they show, like, I don't know why they left this part in. They showed a guy getting out of a car and then just standing there. Like, no expression, not, like, bobbing his head or nothing. Like, just standing there. It's like, why did they leave this man in? How did he make the final cut? Maybe they just had really, really bad other cuts. <laughs> That's terrible. But going on, after we found this woman, we found out she has a music video. With, I believe, 2,500 views on it. And oh, I got to find it. I should have wrote this down. But, um... I didn't know until so I think it was like on her Instagram page like yeah my new song I was like oh my gosh <laughs> now I have to watch it Graham hates me I do oh I do. okay let me let it me starts off it. with this really big unnecessary thing that's basically like this song is heteronormative but if you're not heteronormative that's cool and I'm like so did you really need all that thrown into your dumb sex rap <laughs> the song is called drop that and it's only like two minutes and 17 seconds it came out almost like a year ago it's got like 2900k views on it so it's not super banging it is low quality but i'm pretty sure it was shot on a very cheap budget well the thing is though it's 
it runs into the problem that music videos run into is that the music's not any good and the video's not any good. So why would I watch it? You know, like there's there's plenty of times where I've seen music videos where the music's great and the video's kind of eh, and then and then there's also the other way. They're just kind of eh, but the video's really cool. Um, this was just eh eh on both ends. But yeah, I'm not gonna go through the lyrics because <laughs> I know Graham's tired. Because <laughs> please, well, if you go on YouTube, type in. No, don't go on YouTube. I'll drop a little bit of it in here and you'll be set. But I mean, the song is only two minutes and like 19. It's because the song itself is only like 19 seconds long. It's just looped many times. But oh my gosh, I won't spoil it by singing like the whole lyric. So when Graham dropped it in, you'll you'll hear it. So you've heard it. You, you listener, have heard how terrible and stupid this thing is. Now tell my wife to stop loving it. It's so funny. It's for the memes. Come on, memes. You're not gonna get any meme. You're not gonna get any memes out of it because it's just women shaking their butts and having nip slips. Like there's nothing. There's nothing unique or interesting about it. I mean, she's trying to get her little rap career off on the ground. I, she's like a little Instagram model I mean, and all this stuff. I mean, it's once again good attempt. Glad you made it. Unfortunately, you missed. Not like hating on her because she's a woman, Graham. Is that why? No, no. no what I'm, I'm saying is, I'm glad she took the effort to make a rap song. I'm glad she did that. I'm glad she took the effort to make the video. Unfortunately, it's not very good. I think if she would have got like higher quality, like somebody like gave her like criticism, because there's like four comments on the video. We read them all, and people are like, yeah, you know, I really like the song. You know, piping her up, which I'm pretty sure they're like, yeah, this is okay, but you know, trying to be a good friend or whatever. And there was like one person that's like, not trying to hate on you, but like color grading and doing all this. Mm. And I was like, they're actually giving her constructive criticism. Mm-hmm. Like, and they're not like saying, oh, this is shitty. They're like, hey, you do this, this, and a little fine tuning, you'll be fine. I mean, do you want me to do like real criticism of the video? Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> Basically, the video is, is nothing but like, she's like in this, I'm pretty sure, a rented house. And she's just like walking up the stairs in, in this ginormously large bed. Like, this mm-hmm. bed is huge. I was like, damn, I want a bed like that so I could I could just roll around in it. And you can sleep far away from me and never touch me at night. You can just throw Boeing in there. He'll get lost. <laughs> just throw him right in the middle and be like, bye. Oh, no. I'm going to starve to death before I make it to the edge. Oh, no. But, yeah, so, I mean, it's just, like, women twerking. There's, like, no dudes in it. I'm surprised she didn't have, like, at least maybe, like, a sexual type thing for, like, a... You know, guys usually have, like, women in it, like, oh, they're, like, physical or, like, sexually attracted to, like, they're women for the mm-hmm. video. Like, I'm surprised she didn't have, like, a dude. Well, like, I mean, Nicki Minaj does that pretty regularly with her videos. She's got cut men and being sexy. So, I mean... It, Probably it, couldn't afford it. I think that's what it, I think it's mostly that these are the other women that are, pe- are women who are friends of hers or otherwise, you know, somehow connected to her. Yeah, so, I mean, the video is fairly short. It's just, like, her twerking and then, like, maybe a bar. That's it. And then it's just basically loops, like you said, so. But I think it was funny. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Should we talk about was it Lil Nas X before? Well, I, that, that was funny that you mentioned Lil Nas X because I was going to point out that Lil Nas X also has sexy dudes in oh. his. <laughs> 
including a whole bunch of, including himself and eight other gentlemen, all naked. Yes, we we watched the new Lil Nas X video, the industry baby, which, of course, everybody's all up in arms. Like every time he knows what he's doing, whoever's doing his marketing, is like you know, really piss people off. You have a whole bunch of gay dudes naked in the shower, twerking and dancing. <laughs> well, not necessarily gay dudes. The actors may be straight, but yeah, this is true. But I mean, well, let's make a video that's as gay as possible. Is I think what you were getting at. It was like, yeah, you know what? They're already upset about the whole, like... Uh, <laughs> you existing <what's> <laughs> thing. Montero video. Like, <laughs> when he was, like, twerking down on a pole. It's like, you know how to really piss everybody off? Let's do this. <laughs> I mean, to an extent, it's your existence as a black gay performer offends a lot of people. So, he's apparently decided to just lean into it and go for it. I mean, good for him. That's going to, I know it's going to be a lot of blowback and I'm I'm sure it bothers him at times. I'm sure he also shrugs a lot of it off, but still, you know, it's got to get old to be getting hated on all the time. And that's just, well, first of all, living on air. I'm pretty sure he got a lot of hate for the country road, road song. You will. You, I don't know if you ever heard of it. I, I did hear it. Why? Because it's, uh, oh, because people a, are like, this is rap music. It's not like a hip hop beat, and mm-hmm. it's like, what is this? Well, people thought he's gonna be like a one hit wonder, but yeah, well, it was kind of it was kind of like a rap country hybrid sort of a song. Yeah, and, and I guess uh, the country billboards took it off, so there was like some stuff with that. So then he's like, I'm gonna get Billy Ray Cyrus, and now it's a country song. So suck on that, everybody. But yeah, and. I mean, the Montero video, like, people were all upset because he was, like, twerking on the devil. And I was like, why do y'all care? It's a video. I've seen way worse stuff. Yeah, it's, it's, he's, yeah. It's, sexuality is not the problem. It's the type of sexuality that is people's problem. And by worse stuff, if you were born, whenever BET dark, if you ever seen the tip drill video, that shit is so gross. He uses a credit card and slides down the woman's ass. There's there's a video that was played on MTV that is just straight up pornography, and I cannot remember what it is. So yeah, like I I've seen way worse, but I think it's people have a problem with him like being openly gay and being a rapper. Which I'm like, why do people care? It's like let the dude live his life. Like he's making more money than most of the people. Uh, oh my gosh. I thought it was funny, especially in the comments. Somebody's like, I take, like, uh, for the editing in that scene, in the shower scene, there's a scene where he's in the shower and he's naked, you know, in prison. And there's like eight dudes and they have to like blur out their junk. And one of the, uh, comments at the bottom was like, I applaud the editor of this video. He had to blur out like 20 weenies in motion track. Yeah. Weenies. <laughs> he said weenies. <laughs> I'm too. <laughs> just the way it was written is just like he had to blur out twenty weenies. <laughs> oh, I thought that was hilarious. Oh my god! Now Graham's trying to find this video that was just basically what is that? Robin Thicke. Ah, here it is. I was just going the sexiest music video. Okay, what's what's what, what is this one? What is that? This one. He's looking up something. Uh, uh, some super sexy video what is it i'm just seeing a woman in like a workout outfit all right 
Call on Me by Eric Pride is just straight up pornography. And it's women in extremely skimpy workout clothes doing just straight up sex acts. It's straight up pornography and it was played on MTV. So it's, it's very much a, this is the type of sexuality on display is the problem, not the actual sexuality. Well, yeah, objectifying women is fine. Yeah, it is. But men, hey, hey, whoa, 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 whoa. And he's black, so, you know. Now, unfortunately, I'll probably get a whole bunch of Watch Bojo Yeah, you'll probably garbage. get better. Oh, well. On your thing. So, yeah, we watched that video, and I was like, hey, Graham, this is for the ladies. <laughs> Just blurring out <laughs> weenies. <laughs> they said weenies. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah, we, we watched that. We watched Chet Hanks. You're okay, a bad probably, person. Probably have to cut off, cut that. So yeah, we we watched that video and I didn't really see like a problem with it. It's, I mean, Kanye West walks around with like pantyhose on his head and it's like a million degrees in California. He's got like a bubble coat on, looking like Cookie from Nez Declassified. If you get that reference, you're awesome. But yeah, like I I don't care. Like people don't hate on his art, so I hate on his. Like do whatever you want to do. I care less. And then the for your birthday, we went and saw a movie, specifically Escape Room Tournament of Champions. Yeah, we got free popcorn, and we got this ginormously large drink. The popcorn was terrible. AMC, step your game up. Like, I know y'all been closed for a while. Was that the same popcorn from 2020? Because that shit was terrible. It was not good. It was it, not good at all. Like, we didn't pay for it. So, four people were like, oh, why did you pay for it? It was free. That's why I went to the movies because AMC, I'm a, <clears throat> a premier Stubbs Rewards member. So, I get to go in the gold fancy lane, even though there's like no one in there. I still went through that lane, though. And they give you a free, like, popcorn and drink, large popcorn and a large drink, which is like $10 for both of those things. And I was like, all right, I'm going to get some popcorn. And he didn't even let me fill it up with, or like put the butter in the middle or anything. I was like, oh, he just gave it to me. And that shit was cold and gross. <laughs> that was my complaint. Yeah, those are very good popcorn. Yeah, you're like, this is a very good popcorn. I was like, I should have just bought some from home. Yeah, because it was on my lap, I wound up eating like half of it. Whoops. Oh, we didn't even make a dent in it. Like, it was, there were still a whole bunch left. You're like, you want to take it and get a refill? I was like, why? This shit is garbage. <laughs> On one level, I was like, it's free. I need to take it. And then another level, I was like, it's garbage. Why would I take it? And there was a very, there was some real emotional turmoil came out about whether or not to take bad popcorn from the movie theater home. I don't know why, because I was like, we're not going to eat this. Like, this thing is huge. There's no way we can use the bucket to what? Get the popcorn that we got from Costco and put it in there? Is that what you want to do? That's what we could have done. It was big enough to we could have put bowling in it and he would have looked funny sitting in it. Mm, maybe put it on his head or something. Well, the thing is, I thought about putting it on his head, but he's a corgi, so it would cover up to his front legs, which probably would make you happy. Yeah, it's funny. Well, he probably would have kept his head in there to lick all the butter. and. Whatever. That's true. So, yeah, that, that was our... Um, concession stand. That's why we don't ever get anything at concession stand. One, it's $10 for that horrible popcorn. I'm pretty sure if I would have said, hey, this is cold and it's not good. <laughs> Could you pop some fresh popcorn? 
Like, I, I don't want to be that person. And you got that, like, ginormously gallon drink. Like, I, I brought my own water bottle because I knew I wasn't going to, I was going to let Graham drink it. So he drunk that. <sighs> so let's go ahead and get into the summary of this movie. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, Escape Room Tournament Champions sequel to the previous movie, Escape Room, which made, like, 50 million let's say more than 150 million dollars to budget of nine million so obviously they're going to have a sequel to it unfortunately the problem is i don't think the movie makers understood their own movie you watch escape room you don't watch it for the characters you watch it for the crazy rooms that they come up with and the crazy puzzles they have to solve i do not care about any of these characters beyond the basic care about them as a character. I don't, I have, I'm not invested in them. And this whole thing becomes very tied up in one of the characters wanting revenge in the company that killed all of, that killed the people in the previous one. So yeah, they do a little rundown of the actual first movie, like a quick two minute recap, because we didn't see the first one. We watched actually a kill count, which actually does a pretty good job of summing up the movie. And I was like, I don't want to see old. So let's go ahead and see Tournament of Champions. So it starts out with uh, kind of picking up where they left off. This girl's in one of the main characters. She's in therapy. And she's like paranoid that this whole company is like a Illuminati type thing. The character is Zoe Davis played by Taylor Russell. And the her the teammate Felicia's going to mention is Ben Miller played by Logan Miller. Which must be his guess his acting a little bit easier yeah so starts off and the lady is trying to get her to go on a plane because in her like her story was like their escape room was like all tragedies for the first one and she survived a plane crash she was the only one to survive so she hasn't been on a plane ever since and the therapist is trying to get her go on the plane and she's trying to talk to ben is that the guy? Okay, so yeah, Ben to like get to go to like New York. She's like, this is the last, this is where they're going to be at. They're like, this is their main hideout. And he's like, can't we just live? Like, I'm cool, man. I'm chilling. I stopped drinking. I'm sobered up and all that stuff after all that like life-threatening <laughs> escape rooms. But she saved his life and he's like, he thinks he owes it to her, which I mean, kind of does. <laughs> and they drive there. Well, they also establish kind of by statement, not so much showing that the two of them also become pretty good friends in, the, in their time it, beyond just their being survivors together. Yeah, they actually like, well, they have a common interest that they, their life is kind of turned upside down from like, you know, that whole thing of being trapped in escape rooms to your death for people's entertainment. So they head to New York, they drive there, they stop in a hotel room. And he has, like, a nightmare of, like, the room closing in on him, kind of reminiscing of, like, one of the escape rooms for the first movie. They make it to um, New York, and they go up to this, like, abandoned alleyway, and they see, like, a uh, bum, I guess, in other terms, or, like, just a street guy, because it's New York, there's a lot of people just out. And he's like, oh, this place is condemned, but I can help you get in. Steals her necklace. And it comes to find out later, like in the movie, yeah, we'll talk about it. He works for, was it, I was about to say Memento. <laughs> oh yeah, Minos is like the company. And basically it starts the movie for <laughs> the first escape room, which is a subway car, mm-hmm. which is what 
have been in all the trailers. Yeah, um, which I think was probably a good move. I mean, you're gonna the Sullivan car comes in very early, and um, I don't know how much they showed about the actual solution, but it worked out pretty well. But it, you know, it's this lightning. The the whole thing becomes charged, and they have to pull le- the precise lever to get coin to get tokens to turn it off. So. In order for them to get on the train, the guy steals the necklace. He runs through the cars. Doors close. You know, the standard. Every time people are in New York, they always get separated by, like, a car. The guy's like, ha-ha, I got you on the train. They're locked in there with, like, was it six people? Five or six people. And the other, they're eventually going to be part of the cast for this. The train disconnects. Oh, five characters, sorry. Five characters are in this one car. Train disconnects. Trashes them, like off on this like abandoned track and that's basically what starts the next escape room and it electrifies the car so if they touch anything metal which it's a subway car it pulls all the railings and everything they're going to get electrocuted so they have to figure out like what's going on and then they all figure out like we've all done this before how they get us all here i'm like how are they all in the same place how they know yeah yeah. That's kind of what I was like. One of one of the big flaws of this movie, and it comes out very much at the end, is it's yet another evil organization secretly running the world for their own entertainment, which is just one of those things that I am so tired of seeing in media. It's just not interesting. Well, I mean, it's like bad corporation, like. But this is like beyond corporations. This is what you know. It's. It might as well be the reptilians secretly running the planet kind of thing. It just, it just, that whole thing just always makes me go, And we saw some stuff from, I believe it was the writer, talking about how he really liked the idea of the secret Illuminati has done all these horrible things throughout history, and I'm just like, why do writers keep using this? Oh my god. There's already... But, okay, let me continue on with, like, the first room at least. So... They figure out, like, the puzzles and everything. I'm not going to go through explain because I don't remember all the puzzles. But they figure out they have to pull, like, the handles to get the coins to put into the slot to, like, open the gate. And basically, as time goes on, it starts to get more electrified to where, like, if somebody pulls it, they'll die. They're using, like, what was they use as an insulator? Uh, leather, right? They, yeah, they stripped, uh, no, uh, rubber the rubber inside of a purse out to use as an, as an insulator for some of it. But one of the characters, and I thought this was good. One of the characters gets killed during this and you never learn his name in the movie. And the characters do comment on it, which I thought was actually kind of effective. Like you survived this before suddenly you're thrown in this disaster and you die. And no one even knows what your name was. You know, I, I did like how that. Yeah. They tried to set up his character. Like, um, he has like a, he has a, a cochlear implant because part of his trial was he was in a submarine where they pulled the pressure out. So he has a cochlear implant, and he's trying to meet his wife because he apparently is just always late. So you've got enough of a character there to be like, oh, this could be kind of interesting to pursue, and then just, he's dead. Yeah, he, he gets electrocuted. Like, he gets, like, jolted back, and then he's just stuck on the pole. And he's there for basically, I say, about, like, 20 seconds. Like, he's just standing there, electrocuted, and they go over there and check on him, and they're like, he's gone. So, we never learned that dude's name. Um, But they figure out the puzzle, and they all escape before, like, you know, the car gets super electrified. 
and they make it to the next room, which we all both liked. This room it was a bank. Yes, it was a bank, and then the whole and the and the theme of the bank. We don't have to go through how how it was solved, um, but the theme of the bank was that you need to get to the vault, and the vault was slowly closing, and you had to do all of these various things, and there was a very specific path you had to walk on the the tiles to get out, which was. I thought pretty cool. Although they did a dumb thing where the priest suddenly decides to put his faith in God and just starts walking blindly, hoping he's going to hit it, which didn't help matters at all. Yeah. But, um, like when they first step on the room, like they're like, Oh, it's just right there. Like, no, it's too easy. So, uh, one of the main characters takes a step forward and lasers pop up. So basically if you step on a wrong, you'll die. So that's when they're like, oh, okay. That's why, like, the whole priest thing. He's like, I shouldn't be here. I, I should have been dead. He's like an alcoholic at this point because of what he's seen. Well, well, and apparently his trial was they got six priests together to do it, and he was the one survivor. And apparently it was all a test of faith or something. Yeah, so he was like, I'm going to trust in God. They're like, no, no, let us figure it out. Stop, stop. And then he kind of gets knocked out, and they're like, wait. Okay, and then they find, like, a little map thing, and they place it on the wall to, like, lead them through the path. One of the girls almost doesn't make it, but she's the main character. I was like, she's gonna make it. She's on the poster. <laughs> and um, they go into the next room, which is a beach-themed room. I'll let you go. I did like this one. It was a beach theme, um, a lot of sand everywhere, um, the... Ben Miller's like, there's going to be landmines everywhere, which I was like, ah, yeah, I can believe it. Um, and it's, uh, there's a little cooking shack and a lighthouse and they go through and they solve it. And one of the characters gets sucked under the sand and then the priest goes and dives and saves her. And then they don't try to save the priest, um, from the same situation. Well, they use, like, a little buoy thing to, like, he tethers it onto himself, saves her, and then I guess they just lose it, so he gets sucked down in the sand. And that's the end of his character. But then the big split here is that Zoe, who's our main character, finds a suspiciously easy alternate exit. And then the rest of the, and then the other parts of the team, um, they find the real exit. So, um... One of them goes through the real exit. The other ones go through the fake exit. Her friend Ben falls off and is lost. And then they come together in the worst room, which was the acid rain room, which was set up as like a New York City street. Yeah, so they're like, oh, we made it out. We, we finally made it out. And they're like, what's going on? And then the other character um, that went the actual way is like, move, move, I gotta figure it out. And they're like, what, what did they do to you? She goes, acid rain, every like minute, it rains acid rain. I was like, what? <laughs> you hated this. Well, this is like the least favorite room because this is like the la second to last room. It's, it's problem was, I don't know, it just wasn't, it just didn't feel as inspired as the other rooms did. And then the fact that the revelation, the way to get out of it was to use the acid to melt a lock. The acid the lock is already exposed to was just a very dumb dumb solution just yeah and i didn't like the way they killed off well spoiler alert uh, i don't really care mm -hmm. um but uh spoiler alert if you want to watch it wait till it comes out on the video on demand or whatever um they kill off the two girls and we figure out one of them um 
Well, they all explain, like, what they did in, like, room. And one woman, she's on Pose. I forgot her name. What's her name? Uh, Brianna Collier? In- India Moore? Yes, yes India Moore. Um, her character was an influencer. And then we were talking about this in, like, after the movie. We were like, wouldn't people know that she's gone? She had, like, a million followers, she said. And she was, like, an influencer. So Yeah. yeah. It was it was the same problem that Annabellum ran into when they had a famous professor get kidnapped. Although in Antebellum, it was appropriately worked into the plot that it was that's what wrecked Antebellum for him because they overreached. They're like, we got to get this woman, and then everyone's looking for her. Whereas this one, apparently, they can vanish six influencers with over a million followers, and nobody notices that five of them are dead at the end of it. Yeah, I'm like, uh, that was a little weird. And the other woman, what's her name? Uh, Rachel Ellis played by Holland Roden. Yeah, her. <laughs> um, her character, she can't, she has like some sort of... She can't feel pain. Yeah. And she's like, imagine like the rooms that they had for us. I was like, ooh, yeah, that would be kind of bad. <laughs> so, um, they die. I was like, what? They just kind of, yeah. They just melt in the ring because yeah. like the puzzle, they beat it. They like answer it on the third ring for like the phone. Like, of course, the smart girl figures it out and she gets in the cab and that's it. They locked the door. She's but, the only one that. Yeah, can the thing, and that, but the thing is, that's kind of made the puzzles interesting up to this point is that theoretically, in all of them, everyone could have escaped if they moved fast enough, but and everything went right. This one, blatantly, there's only one person who could survive, which ties into what they're trying to do with the movie that they're trying to get Zoe Davis off by herself, and then make her. No, well, anyways, she escapes from that, gets into a room, and finds out that. Um, Amanda Harper from the previous movie who was her friend who saved her before you do that there's like a line in there she's like if you didn't see it it didn't happen I was like so we didn't see the priest die he should still technically be alive we didn't see the two women technically die we like we heard the rain but that one I'll count as C died because Zoe would have seen them die we as the we as the viewers didn't but Zoe was right next one she would have seen them die but we didn't see Ben. We didn't see him die. So, spoiler alert, he comes back. Um, I'll let you go ahead and explain this. Part. Yeah. Well, the thing was, apparently, Minos is uh, part of their fun thing to do is they take people who who apparently didn't survive and force them to make the next traps, which doesn't really work for me. I don't, like, okay, I get the idea that they, in her, in Amanda's case, they get the leverage by they've got her daughter and, oh, we'll, we'll do something horrible to your daughter if you don't make this trap thing. But... I don't understand how just random people off the street are going to be any good at building murderous escape rooms. You know, an escape room is a constructed puzzle. It's a skill. You know, writing puzzles um, and mysteries can be very difficult. But apparently just any random person has the ability to to make it. But uh, Zoe refuses to do it. Um, and then she manages to free Ben by melting the glass. Um and then they and then they leave and decide in a very portal esque. Um, if you if you played Portal Two, there's an element where you discover that the portal world, all the levels you go through are just big boxes that are moved around to test you. And then she escapes out, and there's all these big boxes with like bedroom and things labeled on it that click into place. And but she escapes, and oh, Minos is revealed, and then. Yeah, so, like, when they escape, they see, like, more in-depth look of, like, possible other escape rooms that have been going on. But they make it out, and it cuts to, like, them in, like, the police station. I'm using air quotes. 
and they're like, oh, it's a good thing. And they see like a TV thing like we found four bodies. I think it's a real police station. I think that's, that's actually supposed to be the NYPD. Okay. Um, so it cuts to them a police station and of course it has on news like what happened like this huge thing is like blown open and all this stuff they're trying to find like good thing you got out and all this stuff and she's like i think i'm ready to take that flight back you want to come with me and at the end of the movie she's like did that seem just too easy to you he's like come on man it's over like it, it's done we, we made it out we, we figured it's like but it just seemed all too easy like they they don't do that and she gets up and sees like uh, what looks to be wasn't it supposed to be her therapist? Uh, it was a person dressed like her therapist, holding her therapist's wallet, pen, and some other object. Yeah, because in the beginning, her therapist was like, "You think this is a clue? This is a clue, and this is a clue." Those three things come back on the plane, and that's kind of like how it is. And then, yeah, and, then, and they reveal that the airplane is actually an escape room. But here's a major problem. They don't really show what airplane it is, but it looks like maybe about a 7-6. I'm sorry, Boeing 767. Um, that seats 216, 181 people. You've completely changed the scale of your escape room. You went from six people to over 100. Like, this is not... like. Now, how are they going to solve anything if they can't get to the cockpit because there's too many people in the way? Yeah, like, we both agreed that ending was kind of whack. Because I'm like, what? Because in the ending of the first one, they show, like, them testing out a plane for, like, an escape room. Like, they do the whole thing, like, ah, like, cut, cut. Like, they're filming it, trying to be like, okay, we got to do this, this. I'm like, so they had to get, like, actual, like, pilots through TSA. Maybe I'm thinking about this too literally for, like, actual plane Mm -hmm. but i'm like they had to go through security get a plane like get people that don't know that they're gonna die like what yeah it was it was very ties into the thing we mentioned last episode where your flight crew wants to get to the does not want to crash because they will also die but it's but it's it's again this stupid thing about ooh it's a super powerful evil entity that you that blah, 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 blah. are you are you done <laughs> i could just make noises like that which would adequately express my opinion of that particular concept anyway so yeah that's that's basically how the movie ends and i looked it up i was like i wonder if they're gonna make a third one because they left it basically open and i was like how much money did it make and it did not make nearly as much money as the first one. So I was like, well, the first one was kind of, oh, well, it's done much better since we saw it. It's opening weekend numbers were not too good. As of this recording, which is on Tuesday, budget roughly 15 million gross worldwide is at 24. So, but here's the thing. They do all this work to keep the Zoe character in play. Zoe and Ben characters in play. I don't care about Zoe or Ben. There's, like, if you want to keep doing these, fine. Just keep coming up with new creative murder rooms and put people in them. Like, we don't need this. I don't, maybe they think because Saw got that soap opera element going on, you need to have all these characters. I don't really care. Yeah, but in Saw, they actually killed off some of the main characters, too. I don't think they're going to kill these guys off because people are, like, invested in them now. But I don't think people are invested in them. They're not that interesting. Yeah, she's kind of, she's like the smart girl who does good at, like, escape rooms. 
And that guy is just lucky. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, I, th- I think they did a pretty solid job with the other characters of giving them enough life to kind of make you care about them. Like you found out the, like we talked about with the priest, you found out he was one of six priests. Part of their test was their testing their faith in God, you know, and challenging that just enough to kind of pull the character above just as a walking cutout enough to make you care a little bit that uh, Rachel was an EMT and, you know, and as Felicia mentioned, there was like, well, what can you imagine what they did to us? You know, just enough to make you care about them. But I don't need, we don't need or want fully developed characters. We want bizarre murder rooms. That's what we want when we show up. Yeah, but you also have to have characters and enjoy. Like, they were just kind of bland, I guess. Like, she was just like, no, we have to do this. No, we have to. Like, that's how she kind of talked. It was like really no sense of urgency. Like, she was just straight. We need to beat these guys. We got to do this, do that. So she was just kind of bland. And then, of course, you have, like, the straight man, which is Ben. He's like, um, why don't we just leave? <laughs> like, we don't need to go to New York. He should have stopped her. Well, I, I think, actually, to support my point is the names of the characters. These are not very interesting names. Zoe Davis, Ben Miller, Amanda Harper, Nathan, no last name, Rachel Ellis, Brianna Collier, Theo. Like, these are not, like... <laughs> It's like they pulled from the generic name stockpile for all these characters. So, yeah, that, I mean, I did enjoy the rooms and everything. So it's just like the movie wasn't bad. It's just up until that ending that they tried to do. And I was like, okay, all right, that's what we're doing here. So I think I'll give it like a four. I would say it is a stream movie if it's on a streaming service you already have it's kind of enjoyable but it's not not enough happens with it to pull it above the back yeah definitely a, a stream it type of movie like i stream space jam we don't have to talk about that it's basically just a uh whatchamacallit um a giant ad for warner brothers so that's for a whole different podcast but or no or podcast, podcast. That's true. Because I didn't see it, and from how the way you're talking about it, I don't think I'm going to want to see it. I mean, I didn't think it was bad or anything. It was just like, it was like two hours. I was like, what kid is sitting through this? Two hours of people playing basketball with CGI cartoons. Well, there was a lot of references in there. Well, of course there were. So, you ready for this? Graham, I, D, K, K. Yes. She's smirking so at me. Uh, she's uh, she's so ha- she's so proud of herself. All right, what's the word? <clears throat> the word for this podcast is bussin. B u s s i n. Bussin. Sentence. You were not ready. My phone went into it turned off for a second. Tay, I didn't know your mama could cook this good. Yeah, girl, her food be bussin'. Um, so bad it was cleaned up by the bus boys. Is that your final answer? Yes. <laughs> the word bussin' means what you would say if something was really good. Come on, your food, your mom's food was bussin'. That's what I was going to guess, but it was too, it, the, the sentence was too easy, so I, defi- I decided to go with the, the more interesting version of... <laughs> <laughs> my interpretation, which I thought was better. 
wrong, but better. Yes, it was still wrong. So, anything else you got? Oh, I got some other stuff, but I think I'll hold on to it to the next episode because we're right at about an hour. Yay! We made it to another end of the podcast. Woo! After all the technical difficulties. Woo! See, I need the clap button. No, because you could just clap. I'm getting that sound. No, you're not. Well, that's the end of the podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed it. If you want to send us some mail, we really want to see some feedback. Give us some ratings. Send us some mail at damnyourtallpod at gmail.com. Follow me on Instagram, Twitter at Fifi underscore J247. Follow Graham on LinkedIn. Enjoy our new artwork. We're trying to improve on the podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Start start sending us some letters. We really want some feedback. Damnyourtallpod at gmail.com. Hope you guys enjoyed the podcast. Catch you on the next one. Bye.